0: Women Who Influence, and today we are with Jennifer Pearson, and Jennifer and Summer. Summer, can you go ahead and introduce yourself?
1: (laughs) I'm Summer, I'm the co-host here, Um, yeah, welcome everyone to our next episode, and we have Jennifer Pearson here.
2: Hi guys, thanks for having me.
1: Yes, you're so welcome. Thanks
0: for coming and joining us here in the woman's world. As you already know, it's pretty complex in our world.
2: This is my place. I'm so happy (laughs) that we could all meet here.
0: Yes. Jennifer, so can you tell us a little bit about your award-winning public relations firm, Generation PR?
2: Yeah, Um, thanks for giving me the opportunity to share about it. I have just celebrated, I guess, our 18th year, which is so wild for me to think about. Um, Before this, I was an attorney in LA and I was a litigator. And that was not my jam, not even remotely. It just wasn't a bad fit for me. Mm -hmm. And I kind of stumbled into PR and you know, rather than going and doing the traditional route and getting a job and, you know, working my way through the ranks to see if I liked it. I just opened up my own PR firm one day and just said, Hey, no training, no contacts, no problem. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so I kind of figured out everything as I went along. And, um, our niches are beauty and cosmetics and baby and kids brands. And we've had other lifestyle and health and wellness brands and, Throughout the whole kind of process of, you know, trial and error figuring things out, I realized that there was a real lack of resources and training and things available for PR pros like us who wanted to take an alternative career path and kind of do their own thing. And you know, how do you run a business? How do you find clients? What do you put in a proposal? What are you charging people? Right. Um, how do you serve them? You know, okay. so about seven, eight years ago, I started a side of my business where I teach other PR pros how to grow and scale their own agencies. Okay. So it's been very, very rewarding.
1: All right. So for people new to the public relations industry and world, what, is, what advice would you give them to, um, for those wanting to go their own route and start their own agency?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, my career path is so non traditional, and I just feel like if I could jump into something completely unknown without any guidance or support, I know others can too, because there's just so much more information available now. And PR, I mean, I'm 18 years in and I still really love it so much. I love our clients. When you have a strategy about Um, a strategy and kind of a roadmap for, for building your agency with intention and having a clear idea of what you want your work and your life kind of integration to look like, then this business is a really wonderful opportunity, especially for women, because we can create a company that can operate without the need for us to be present at the time is really important. You know, if you're going to become a mom or you have small kids, having that flexibility and freedom is really empowering. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like, you know, when I transitioned into motherhood and I had my business at that time for about five years and it allowed me to just, seamlessly kind of get into motherhood and nursing and my clients all stuck around and I had a team to support while I was kind of taking an abbreviated schedule with, you know, being a new mom with new babies. And that was like such a gift to be able to do that and still bring in income to support my family and do it on my terms. So that's why I wanted to share how to do it and do it the right way. And so all I can say is, Now's the time. It's a very valuable service, but mm-hmm. you know I don't care what people say about chat GPT and AI <laughs> We are it? you know, we're the storytellers? We're the strategists. and um, I think the skill is going to evolve like it has over the last 18 years, but it's still a very, um, you know, valuable, marketable skill. And so, yeah,
0: I'm on board. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I have a burning question. Uh, you brought up AI, which I don't like. AI. We are. Yes, right now. I know. <laughs> Please. We're okay. So tell, okay, tell the audience and myself and hopefully Summer. So what? in the world of pr publicist journalism etc cetera, etc cetera. like ai versus us as humans as people who created this dimension created this world of communication and just working with clients how do you how do you think can how can we work with ai without feel, feeling defeated and how can we defeat ai the <laughs> burning
2: yeah i mean ai doesn't have feelings it can tell you it has feelings but it doesn't have feelings um so i you know just the the human touch it's not there the the know-how the strategy it's still very general and it's pulling what is already out on the internet it's not necessarily factually accurate it's you know you can you can use it to ask detailed queries and write things in certain tones but a person still needs to be behind the input right. you know what is the strategy of what you're asking it right and you know you have to formulate the right question and then realize that the output still needs a human filter to determine if it's good if it's solid if it's aligned with the client's goals and objectives um, I think that AI can be a very powerful tool to kind of help us in the right direction if it's used ethically. I mean, you have to keep in mind mm-hmm. that anything written by ChatGPT is not copyright protectable for you. So we still you know, have to have our own brains and input. But I think if you're looking for a head start, it could be a great way to Get a first draft of a press release that you then come in Mm -hmm. and you make it powerful and impactful or a pitch, you know, of course, a pitch Mm -hmm. has to be tailored and targeted. Um, You then go in and you polish it and you put your, you know, summer spin on it because you have your own secret sauce that an AI computer cannot spit out. And your clients are coming to you for your strategic input. And... Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily know what to tell AI to do because they don't get how PR works. Like what makes right. it a pitch? It has to be tailored and targeted, the right editor, at the right time, making sure they know it's just for them and it's not a spray and pray pitch. And only people can do that. So <laughs> use it as a a jumpstart you know, and then judge it yourself. You've got to go in and take what it spits out and say that's not compelling or that isn't totally accurate or we're missing the big piece of it that makes this so different and unique in the market. Um, I think you can use it to generate lists of publications that might be interesting that maybe you haven't thought of for your client. But again, it all comes down to the input. You have to ask the right questions, the right um, query. Um, and don't take the last piece that it spits out as the, you know, the, the first piece it spits out as the final, um, asset, you can rework it and ask it to do other things and then take it and make it your own.
1: Right. Wow. I definitely think it shouldn't be relied on, but as you said, use ethically because it, it just doesn't have that personal feel if you just copy and paste, right?
2: Yeah. And that's, you know, it's not, to me, it's not ethical. You're not doing your best work. You're not doing what your clients hired you to do, like your expertise, your unique understanding of the industry, especially when you niche down, that is so valuable and to know the players and know the movers and shakers and what's happening in your particular niche and what's trending and what's moving the needle that really isn't coming through yet on ai so that's the value that i think a you know robot computer cannot take away from human people that have you know experience and all of the things that we've learned along the way mm-hmm.
0: yeah that's that's awesome because i'm like i don't know who she is coming my space Telling me how to do things.
2: <laughs> well, don't let her in your space. You tell her. You tell her how to do things. You know, okay. you got to give it your input and have her put her to work for you. you know?
0: yes. <laughs> That's amazing, Jennifer. Um, and then my quest- next question, I'm going to turn it over to Summer to see if she has anything. Um, so we spoke on how to, um, to change your career with no experience in the industry. Now let's talk about a healthy work-life balance because I know as a PR person, a publicist, a journalist, a mom, a woman as a whole, we tend to take things on without refusing things just because we feel like we can do a lot. So Jennifer, tell us, how can we have a healthy work-life balance?
2: Yeah, and the other reason is because we just feel like we have to people please, right? So you yes. yes. we think we can do it all and we just don't want to make anybody unhappy. Um, I I've been saying work-life integration because I feel like the word, you know, balance. I mean, we all get that it's never gonna be like perfect equilibrium, but I want my work to support the kind of lifestyle I wanna have. Lifestyle even meaning my time access, you know, for my personal endeavors and i want my personal life to support the kind of work that <laughs> i want to do so i that's why i say like work life integration because i want the two sides to really support the goals and mm-hmm. the values of the other um the first thing i'll say is you know i have two kids my sons are um 11 and 13. I have a newly minted teenager and it's crazy. The whole new thing. Um, <laughs> like I was just cleaning out all the baby stuff and sort of offering it to the community um, and saying who could use this. And I got a little tear. I was like, oh, this phase is over. But now it's, you know, now they're online and they're using AI. And my son thinks he doesn't have to do work because computers are just going to oh, take over. No. The I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. So now it's a whole host of things. But I've had my business for 18 and my kids for 13 years. And I will be the first to tell you that I absolutely do not do it all. I outsource as much as I can, I automate as much as I can, um, you know. I really think of my time as like a very very limited resource and if it's not a revenue generating activity it has to be like a happiness and connection generating activity you know something that is gonna deepen the connection with my family or my friends or my clients or even with myself you know it's got to be meaningful if I'm taking time to do it so that means that I don't really you know spend the time like grocery shopping i will do it online and have it delivered and i'm at the phase where i am very very happy to pay for convenience like time to get my time back like that is what's Mm. most valuable to me so i outsource as much as i can i get costco delivered i get target uh delivered i get amazon delivered um i have a a wonderful amazing housekeeper that i'm like please don't ever leave me you're the best (laughs) and he was in fact just here today and the house is so sparkling clean and um you know it's it's a a lot of uh, time trade-offs but the money that you spend at that time back is worth it and then in my business i have a team i have two sides of the business the agency and my coaching community that i support uh, pr professionals and digital agency owners and i have people really doing the lion's share of the work on both sides of the business. So I have people pitching. They are excellent at what they do. They get results. They're very senior. I pay for talent, you know, because I just want results. I don't want to have to handhold and that's not inexpensive. But then the clients stick around and they're very happy because we get good results. So, um, you know, it's just and the other thing is that it becomes a very clear easy no when you have a good understanding of your vision and your values for your life, your business and your personal life. And if something doesn't align, that guilt factor of like, well, I feel like I can do it all or I don't want them to be uh, upset with me because I said no. Those decisions become really easy, like red flag clients or niches that aren't really your expertise. But it's like you're mom's coworker's niece who has a candle shop on Etsy and you're like, okay, I guess I can help her. Those decisions are a clear no when you have a very good understanding of what your business and life should look like to you or what you want them to look like. So you can make decisions very easily when you have that clarity. Right.
1: Right. So, Jennifer, I have a question for you. So, this industry definitely can be very trying and <laughs> sometimes slow, and sometimes things don't always come through when you want them to. Has that happened to you? And, oh my God, and yeah. <laughs> how do you manage that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it happens all the time. I just did a kind of Facebook Live um, discussion today all around um, fear of failure and having that fear hold you back. I mean, it's. You know, it's going to be ever present as you run a business and certainly in PR, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I don't take things personally. I just don't because it doesn't have to do with me. It's the other, you know, there's so many other outside factors. And um, so if something doesn't come to fruition, I mean, I had a client booked on Oprah's favorite things. We were, I was freaking out. We were so excited. And the day before they were going to record, they went with another brand. And I felt like I got a gut punch, and it was devastating. But the producer very clearly said, "There's nothing you could have done. There were like personal favors involved, and you know, it just oh, the wow. politics." And I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> like you know, that sucks." But yeah. the funny thing is, I was more upset than the client. So it was Really? Like, oh. Yeah, they, they didn't. They were like, "Can we handle it?" And I'm like, "You will handle it. Like you're gonna, you're not going to turn this down." Yeah, but
1: I understand because it yeah. feels like a, a a fail, and like you couldn't do your job and. You're right. wondering how you look to the client now that you could yeah.
2: pull this through. But, you know, we've learned throughout the years that things are not guaranteed. Like, nothing is confirmed until you're literally holding it in your hand or looking at it on your computer screen. And then take a screen grab as fast as you can because that may disappear for whatever reason. But, um, you know, things don't happen, you know, for many, many reasons. And I have learned just keep pushing forward. And if that didn't pan out the way it was supposed to, it means there's something else. I mean, this happens with me losing clients. You know, I just say, okay, you know, that's fine. It's not every client's going to be here forever. And you can't take it personally. And you know what? Bigger, more aligned opportunities are going to come my way. And I have found that that just always happens um and just to be open to it but um you know the other thing is just realizing that even if you get a no i look at that as like not right now it's not a no don't contact me ever again lose my email bug off you know it's like hey this isn't a fit so i'll come back another time and just look at like a no as just not right now come back with something different and You can't get a yes unless you try. So I just do what we can to get things out there and just hope for the best. But things are challenging right now for everybody. Um, You know, the industry is changing so much with all of our contacts either being laid off or going freelance, Mm -hmm. things shifting on the product side to really being affiliate driven and just learning, you know, PR is a game. You've got to learn the rules of the game and help your clients play it well and, The rules are always changing right? and we just stay on top of it and do our best.
1: Right. So how do you keep the passion to keep going in this industry?
2: (laughs) Well, I will say that once I started my coaching and online educational platform for PR professionals and digital agency owners, it really reignited my passion for my business. Mm -hmm. Just being so grateful for the work that I've been able to do and the clients I've been able to work with and sharing that know-how and just the appreciation for the kind of life that it's allowed me to build with my family. So that definitely keeps me going and I think being really intentional with the kinds of clients that I choose to work with Mm -hmm. and really understanding clearly red flags and not talking myself out of my intuition when I know (gasps) clients are gonna suck the life at me. Can I, (laughs) okay,
0: before you go on, when you say be intentional with the clients you work with and select, could you please elaborate on that more? Because some people, when they get into this industry or any industry, they feel like they have to get all these clients
2: just to build
0: their background or build their status quo. And sometimes that's not the case. So can you tell us a little bit more about that?
2: Yeah, I love this topic so much because um, like I created a framework around how to build an agency that you're gonna love that will give you consistent, predictable, recurring retainer revenue. And I don't want anybody to put in the effort to build a business that they'll hate, they'll resent, they won't enjoy the work, they won't enjoy the clients. So I've really found that every client, every result that I've gotten, it's stepping stones. And do I wanna take steps in the wrong direction and go down a path and create contacts and create work work products like case studies and results that will draw in more clients in an industry or niche that I don't want to be working in, you know, like the Etsy shop candle example. It's like, that's not really what I want to be doing. Um, you know, I want to take clients intentionally knowing that I'm going to leverage my know-how in that niche, my contacts that I'm building Mm -hmm. my results. I've gotten to build really compelling case studies and, you know, press clips that I can leverage on social media to become a magnet for more of that kind of work. So if I love a certain industry or a certain kind of client, I am gonna do what I can to do more in that niche and more with clients that will allow me to generate those results. But the other piece of it is those red flags, when you are in the courting phase with a client, and they're awful, (laughs) like they Mm -hmm. miss deadlines and they don't return your email and they don't get back to you on your proposal or they don't pay their invoice on time. Those are all red flags. If they're difficult during that period, they are going to be extremely difficult once they've started paying you. When you discount your services, there is a direct correlation to the lower amount that they're paying and the higher likelihood they're going to be a pain in your ass. right? 100% of the time, you've all felt that, right? right? So it's, yeah. I
1: always, paying. um, um, this point in my career, I always take clients that I truly believe in and that yeah. who I think would be beneficial and we can form a, a beneficial partnership together.
2: Yeah. And if you look at a client and, and you're like, oh God, this is going to be easy to pitch. It's super cool. I can sample like crazy. I do product PR. So mm-hmm. I can sample like crazy. Editors are going to love this. The price point's right. There's tons of great reviews views. They have a solid affiliate program. This is going to allow me, these results will allow me to build incredible case studies that will draw in more of this kind of client. So I'm going to bend a little bit and we'll grow together. And, you know, in those cases, yeah, those decisions are smart decisions, but sometimes people are like, I can't afford it you know, I want to work with you. Can you go lower? And you're like, well, any clients better than no client. And I will tell you every time I've discounted my rate, just as like a favor, it has backfired on me Mm -hmm. because those low paying clients demand the most of your time. They really do. (laughs) Always do. Nobody has ever said, no, that's not my experience. Every single person in my community is like, oh my God, why is that the why is that the facts here <laughs> um but yeah Gabrielle you have to be intentional because you know if you take on a certain kind of client niche like i did a huge fashion show semi early on in my career and i had an alcohol brand as a sponsor and it was like this incredible event and it was whatever i had great pictures great case study i don't want to do large-scale events it was stressful for me i did not like booking the talent i did not like setting up a huge you know event space and confirming all of the vendors and all of that it stressed me out i don't want to do that i realized Mm -hmm. even though those brands were very reputable and it was like a very flashy case study when i had that on my site other people wanted that from me And I'm going, "Uh, no, I don't do that. And, you know, they're coming to me because it looks like I do do that. And we do a good job of it. Um, I didn't want to do that anymore. So just realize every decision you make, it's going to lead you down a path where you get results you can leverage and use that to demand, you know, higher retainer fees and secure bigger clients, better known companies with bigger budgets because you have the visual results to back up the um, promises, you know, not promises, but the, you know, the services and the value they're looking for. You can say, yeah, I can do that for you because we've done it before and you can show them. So be careful with the yeses because every relationship you build, you know, if you don't want to go down that path, it's sort of not building the business you'll you're gonna love long-term.
0: Okay, let's talk about money. Yeah. i love the moolah and getting the love money. it love <laughs> so the money how as a startup and as a person who's been in pr for the first time or in there for three years and uh expert how do you um market yourself and your services how do you like price your services so you don't get low blowed i know you spoke a lot about your clients and all that but like just starting out what's some rough numbers can somebody put out there
2: Yeah, it's a really good question. That's why I love our community that we have, because it's like people are really open and then discuss it. So it's like having an idea of what other people are charging. I think a lot of people undercharge. Um, I had a woman join my program, and like my agency program called Agency Accelerator, and she was charging, I think $500 a month per client and then was hearing what other people were charging. And she bumped up the rate to like four or $5,000 a month. And she said, now she's making 30 grand a month. Um, And so she was sort of new and just starting out, but her background gave her a really solid story to tell. I think we tend, especially as women, we tend to discount our experience, our uh, you know work experience and the results we've gotten before we start our own thing, they think oh we're starting our own thing. So maybe we're you know brand new, but you still have all of that experience, the know how, anything you've done in your career or in school or anything you've volunteered and accomplished. That's all the value of your expertise you bring to the table, even if you're just starting out. Um, I think if you are brand brand spankin new then it helps to come in and offer your services for a limited time. Like when I very first started, I did a little bit of work for free. I was really clear. I wanted to learn the ropes and I wanted to get results and see if I even liked it. It was mm-hmm. the, the pre-step I took before I quit my job in law. So I had to really know, like, am I going to enjoy this? And I worked for free and I thought, wow, if I could actually get paid to do this, this would be the perfect job for me. So that was enough to really understand that I liked the work. Um, so if you're just trying to get experience, but offer your services for a deep discount or for free if it's a contact you know for a very limited time and be clear three-month trial or two-month or whatever it is and then we'll move to either a reduced rate or market rate or whatever once they see how you hustle and how you (laughs) um, get results and all of that but if you have worked in pr and you're just shifting over to starting your own agency you know i don't consider that new at all you know exactly what you're doing right. and they're able to get direct access to you versus having to pay a big agency fee and go through like junior people who you know i've i've had companies that i've worked with who have had big agencies They're mom products, parenting products, and they're getting farmed out to juniors who are like one day out of college, who don't have kids and don't know how to speak to moms. And -hmm. it's like, why are you paying so much money for access to that? You need to have somebody represent you who understands who you are and who you are trying to connect with. So I think that if you've worked in PR, you know, at a minimum, I would not want anyone to take a client for less than twenty five hundred dollars a month. It obviously depends on what it is that you're doing for them, but we've had clients upwards of twenty five thousand a month if they're doing, um, you know, we did a com- like sort of a complicated social media um monthly you know content creation for a company that had 30 different brands we would cover every month it was very time consuming pr you know when you niche down it's like they say the riches are in the niches so if you choose certain niches and you are like the go-to you can charge whatever you want because your dream clients are going to want to pay for the best and if you have that reputation and the results to back it up, you know, you can charge 9500 a month for just media relations, 12500 a month for media relations, you know, easily. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. It's all about you down. Yeah. That's
0: hot and spicy. It okay. is. It's the I'm spiciest. dropping another one. Get ready. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> so. <laughs> How do you outsource clients? Because I know when I uh, started NPR um, and ran my own agency, I was just hopping in DMs. I'm like, what's up? I'm here. Like, how do you secure clients? Yes. How do you secure clients? Mm -hmm.
2: Ah, okay. Yeah. Love, love talking about clients. Um, I actually teach this because I think um, People are kind of afraid to go through the steps to generate, and it's it's not hard. Uh, it, part of it's a numbers game, but it's always about putting forward your best presentation, your best um, you know story about who you are, who you serve, how you serve them. That's the niche, right? Who, what kind of clients do you work with, and what do you do for them? Both of those things are niches that you choose. And so if you can tell a really good story that your potential client will hear and be like, oh yeah, that's what we're looking for. You know, so it, the very first thing I try to tell people to do is to create like a list of your dream clients and, you know, look for similarities, look for crossover, like what are the, the the through lines so that you can start to see oh i love women-owned businesses or i love non-profits or i love the music industry or these are all beauty and cosmetics brands you know that's what i would love to specialize in and then i always feel that we have this intuition that we like i said we talk ourselves out of but if you think about a brand or an expert or a company an entrepreneur whomever you know, that you follow, that you love, like you're a customer, you use their products, you can't get enough, you're really drawn in by their story, there's some genuine connection, reach out. You know, it can't hurt to just reach out and genuinely say, I'm a customer, I love XYZ, I use it all the time, it's my go-to gift for all my friends. Um, you know, I'm just kind of following along and this is what I'm up to. I'd love to chat with you for 15 minutes to let you know, like an idea I have for you or like a collaboration I think would be really interesting. Would that be possible? And just give a solid call to action. Like what is the next step? Make it easy for them, make it frictionless. You can reach out in DM. you can reach out, like find, we find people on LinkedIn all the time. Um, we find, you know, the right role or the, you know, the company, um, marketing contact or whatever, if we feel some sort of a connection or we have an ask. So reach out, send a DM and it's like the worst they can do is say no <laughs> yeah. and or ignore you, which happens too. But if you send out 10 of those, you're probably going to hear from one. And if you make it a consistent practice in your business. You know once every week you're doing this for an hour then you are going to have a consistent pipeline of clients at different phases of that sort of process of um you know maybe they're not ready or maybe they'll have a conversation with you but they're gonna kind of wait or they're with another agency and they're gonna wait till their contract runs out to consider things i mean and we've had clients we've pitched that have gone with another company and then come back and said, you know what, we made a mistake and we want to give it a go. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, yep, you did. (laughs) um, You know, uh, it's really about putting yourself out there and following that feeling you have of, this is the, I am so drawn to this. This is the right, they need me. Like these guys need me. I have something that that they could benefit from and just, you know, shoot your shot. yes
1: that was really great um so um jennifer what since you're an award-winning pr a- agency the founder of uh-uh, one, summer
0: summer summer you gotta give her her
1: hype you, you are her her the hype. award-winning <laughs> agency of generation pr <laughs> 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 what steps how did you get to this point
2: i mean if you're talking about winning awards you have to submit (laughs) and i was just telling somebody on wednesday like they're not they're not gonna come and find you like you have to throw your hat in the ring so i remember i was redesigning my website and the person that was coming up with the content was like okay so are you guys like award-winning or do you have awards and i was like wait a minute no, we're not. (laughs) And so then I was like, got to win awards. And we started looking, you know, what's available, what's out there. And now we kind of keep our eye on things. And my coaching business won an Inc best in business award in the advertising and marketing category, which like blew me away. And all I did was take all the results of people that they had shared their testimonials and case studies and accolades and whatnot. I put it in a PDF. I made a little one minute video of everybody just talking about their growth. And we won, you know, because it was just about what the community had accomplished, not what we had accomplished. So um, you win awards when you throw your hat in the ring and you answer the questions that they're asking exactly the way that they're looking for their answers. So don't just give them information that you want them to know. You have to give them the information that they're specifically asking for. Right. And then, you know, I those opportunities are there. I mean, Getting here to this place, I've had billion-dollar clients in each of our niches. I will say that the best clients for me have always come through personal referrals or clients, um, you know, somebody internal at a client that leaves and goes to another company and they want their people. They want the people they know are going to make them look really good. And you know, they're coming into a new role and they have to shine. So you're going to come and help them shine because you're trusted and proven and they'll bring you along with them. And so I always Remind myself and everybody in my community that your reputation is everything never Mm -hmm. ever ever burn a bridge If there's ever like a conflict of any sort you always have to just be the bigger person sometimes walk away sometimes walk away from a contract because you're you know, you're you don't want to force someone to stay in a relationship that they're not happy Mm -hmm. with and that's be a professional one and You know, if a client is struggling and you're not getting great results or they're dissatisfied, that's okay too. I think the key there is expectations have to be realistic and you have to set those expectations right out of the gate and what's like realistic and what's going to align with what you expect is going to happen. Um, But sometimes it doesn't match up. And in those cases, I'll cut clients loose. I think they appreciate it. I'm never going to fight for every dollar because it's just not worth it. My reputation and everybody having a positive experience working with our agency, that's the most important thing. So even if it doesn't work out, I've had clients that are like, you know what, I know that it was not the fault of you guys. You tried everything. We know you did your absolute best. It just didn't work and that's okay. And if we have the opportunity, we will refer you. And that's to me the greatest compliment. So I think, you know, referrals and Asking people for exactly what you need in your business. Like I am looking to support this type of business and here's what I can do for them. I see you're connected to this company. Would you be comfortable making an introduction? Here is exactly what you can say. And you write it for them. Right. And then people, what well, you know, if you make it easy, they're happy to help you. Definitely.
1: Um, that that is all the questions that I have for you, Jennifer. <laughs> Harper, do you have anything else?
0: Yeah, so we did not talk at all about your Generation Academy. Oh. So um, <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna need you to dive in. Tell us about the services, the coaching, the consulting, and just all the great things that is going on there.
2: Oh my God, I love this so much. It's like my favorite thing. So the (laughs) Generation Academy has allowed me to connect with people all over the world. And it's super cool. Like we'll have coaching calls and I'll have somebody in Dubai and I'll have somebody in Sydney, Australia and somebody else that's in like, you know, Canada and Toronto. And I'm just like, this is so freaking cool. Like the internet is a magical place. Um, But what I started, supporting agency owners, like I would get a lot of questions from people just on my social media, like, Hey, I see that you were a lawyer and now you're running a PR firm. You know, how did you do that? Like, can you tell me what you did? And I said, yeah, of course. And I would, they'd say, can you mentor me? And I would say, absolutely. And so at one point I had, five women in, you know, kind of all over the world. And I was taking calls with them like once a week and just for free. I was just mentoring them because I thought it was so awesome that they wanted to learn something I knew how to do. But my kids were really little and I was paying a nanny. And it meant I was not with my family and I wasn't with my clients. And they were all asking the same questions what did you do first then what did you do how do you find clients how do you handle rejection just like you guys asked right Right. (laughs) so i started to put some structure behind it and i said to anybody new that came my way you know would you be um open to paying for this kind of um coaching and they were like i expected to pay so of course and i'm going whoa okay So I started my agency accelerator and co-created it with like a really great group, like a mastermind group um, and built out the program, the first iteration. And once I took a step back, like a 30,000 foot view, I realized that there was like a, a foundation underlying all of it, like a core strategy, like a framework that just made so much sense. And it was like awesome because everything I was teaching fit into a little tidy quadrant you know like three lessons per quadrant so there's 12 weeks of content and it's strategy first and then sales Mm -hmm. and then service and scale and all of it is designed to help you build a, an agency that's super you know, gratifying and you love, but also consistent, predictable, recurring retainer revenue. So if you lose a client, it's not a big deal. You know how to get a new one and you still have a lot of revenue coming in because you're on retainer and you have long contracts and people stick around because they're happy with your results. So I started there and then at the start of the pandemic, you know, we've had hundreds of women go through that. And at the start of the pandemic, I realized there were so many people that needed to add some kind of skill to their career, um, either to make themselves more marketable um, (laughs) or to, Mm -hmm. um, you know, be able to offer a service that was you know, valuable to companies, they pay a lot for it. So I launched a membership called the Pitch Lab and it's awesome and I love it and we keep it super affordable so people can just have it as like a resource in their business. But I teach people how to do PR as a service and then we give them monthly execution plans so they know what to pitch and when we give them pitch themes and we give them editorial calendars and they just it's all in one place. Like we do the work for you. So all you have to do is plug and play. You don't even have to think. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not A.I. It's Gen B. That it <laughs> um, and, you know, we have a couple other programs. I have a high level coaching called Elevate um, I'm a high-performance coach, and uh, I am I use Brennan Burchard's curriculum, and I've tailored it to the needs of our community, but I have that. So people kind of come in, and there's like an ascension path for them, and we support them no matter where they are, and we have people that are just coming in with no experience and they're switching careers. And we have people who've been running agencies for 30 years, and they want to be on top of their game. They want to know what's happening in our industry so that they can navigate it with their clients. And they want to know how to get new clients and just button up their processes. So it's like a, a level of mastery, no matter where you are in your career. And it has been seriously awesome. And The feedback is great, and the community is incredible, and I just love it so much. It's like the best thing ever.
0: Wow. Well, that's amazing. Um, Well, Jennifer, I think I've held you hostage enough.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We're all talking shop. I love it so much.
0: (laughs) Um, I don't have any more to say, but I do have to say, how can everybody reach you, find you,
2: stalk you and be (laughs) all up in your business? (laughs) Be all up in my business. Um, I am on Instagram at generation academy for the coaching side and that's with a J for Jen. And then I'm generation PR with a J. Um, and that's more on the agency side of things um but they both kind of point back and forth to each other. So, I'm not I'm not on the TikTok but not like fully on the TikTok, you mm-hmm. know. Um but we have an amazing group on Facebook called Profitable PR Pros and it's like 5000 PR Pros around the world and everybody's collaborative and supportive and there's work opportunities and you know answers to your deepest burning questions. People will share their expertise. And then generationacademy.com is like our entire hub of resources for digital agency owners to, you know, grow and scale profitable businesses. So any of those places you can find me. Okay.
0: Perfect. Anything else, Summer?
2: No, that
1: is all. Thank you so much, Jennifer. We appreciate the words that you gave us today and for taking the time to talk to us.
2: It's my pleasure. You guys, thanks so much for having me. That was really fun to chat with you. Thank you. You too. You too.